everybody, and welcome to episode 357 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, mostly coronavirus-free, Michael Raparez, <laughs> coming to you from the Christopher Ottman Memorial Studio. Thanks, Christopher, mm. for supporting us on patreon.com slash laser time. And you can, too, at the $20 level, get your name on this Memorial Studio. But who else is joining me? And just at the $5 level, you can get a brand new uh, 302010 video game edition with you two that not only goes into Mario 3, Sims, and Bioshock 2, I have never been so excited to talk about Dante's Inferno and the marketing campaign that surrounds it. We didn't even mention the fake E3 protest they, they put on. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. So listen to that, folks. $5 level, patreon.com. Hi, I'm Chris, still a Bloomberg supporter, uh, Antista. <laughs> and... Anxiety-ridden hypochondriac, Matthew Allen. And joining us for the first time ever, it's very special guest... Alex from Street Fighter, except he smokes weed. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Sounds like a local hood slam wrestler. How do you pronounce your last name, Alex? No one, no one, none of my co-workers, no one ever asks me this. It's Fasciani. Fasciani. Fasciani is how you say it's it. It's a yeah. nice Italian name, is it not? Everybody, I don't know. I, I I think that what happened was my family like looked into it, and uh, they like found out it was Spanish, and then like swept it under the table and continued rooting for Italy for the World Cup for like <laughs> twenty five years. <laughs> nice, move. all right, nice. At least that you can both you can still watch soccer without mm-hmm. any without any fear. That's why I'll never do twenty three and Me until my grandma's dead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> let the the illusion be cherished. Yeah, um, I'll let it. I'll let it go. So, Alex, where might people have heard you in the past? You're kind of a big deal. I'm. I'm a huge deal. You're absolutely the right. No, biggest uh, deal. You probably know me from Super Beard Bros. If you know me from the internet, I also am on a show called Scary Game Squad. I do a, a couple podcasts. Chilluminati being the one that's popping off right now. Uh, and uh, my game Wonderling comes out tomorrow. What's Wonderling about? It's like a um, you're like a you're like a basically like a Goomba, you're like kind of yeah. like the analog for a Goomba. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this game, the it's Bowser Italian of the for world. Friend. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. You're welcome. And uh, <laughs> and the Bowser character brings you back to life after the Mario character has like killed you, mm-hmm. and she she's like. I've had it with this. You got to go track this guy down. And then the game itself is kind of like a mix between like Captain Toad and Super Meat Boy. Neat. Because it's nice. It's kind of like a simple one button game, but uh, well, it's not really one button, but it has the feel of a one button game because we wanted it to be something you could play on a single Joy Con. So it's sort of like these puzzly platformer explorey levels, and you don't control your movement because a Goomba obviously only travels in his little back and forth arc and what the uh, what the witch does is she gives him the power to jump so he like leaves his his track and he can like go anywhere so it's kind of a fun little whatever you mentioned joy con so so i'm assuming it's on switch what all platforms is it on tomorrow it's on switch and steam then probably others that i won't say for sure because i only wrote this game Shoutouts to Retroid in Sweden, in Gothenburg, who actually developed this game. Uh, you nice. have your own Nintendo game now. That's amazing. Dude, I put it on the Switch, and I read my words, and I, I'm not going to lie, I teared up a little bit. Aww. It was an emotional moment for me. Does it feel surreal? It really does. It really, truly does. My uncle, who works in Nintendo, let me play that game a month ago. Um, <laughs> I beat it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're they're already up to Wonderling three in Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <to play it. laughs> 
<laughs> it's crazy over there. Yeah, yeah. You get a cape. <laughs> you can move yeah. in three dimensions. In that one, you play as a Galoomba. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Goomba, but it has boobs. It's a yeah, Galoomba. Fat, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just want to give a quick plug to the Laser Time Facebook community. Find out why I posted a picture of a pregnant Berenstein bear mom. <laughs> Why wouldn't it's, you? It's still making me laugh. I'm sorry. It's just a mom Berenstein bear OC that you like. Really, yes, very pregnant. <laughs> are we are we still allowed to call it Berenstein, or should we be pronouncing know, it Berenstein? I, I just bears. can't say stain. I'm gonna Mandela this thing until I die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the one that I firmly believe is like. No, they changed that shit. Yeah, that's that's the one that feels mm-hmm. like a total lie. Because like yeah. I, there was a cartoon and there were commercials and they. That's how they said it. Yes, it <laughs> yeah. is. You know what, what got fuck? me was Andrew Zimmern, the Bizarre Foods guy. I, mm-hmm. I thought his name was Andrew Zimmerman this whole time. I, wow. I I was now years old when I learned that his name wasn't Andrew Zimmerman, so there we go. Hmm. Zimmern. Zimmern, yes. okay. Yeah. Hmm. See, what it, what it is is they pronounce it the wrong way in the Sinbad G movie, so uh, yeah. that's where the confusion comes from. <laughs> when Sinbad feeds a <laughs> lamb's eyeball to Andrew Zimmern. Yep, yep. Zimmer, exactly. or Zimmerman, excuse me, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. other universe. Yeah. It's going to be a fun show this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Welcome back, by the way, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I've been a little ill, but it's all good. It's He's all good. been a little ill while traveling abroad. Hype. <laughs> <laughs> to Canada, where I got my flight canceled because of a gigantic blizzard and uh, spent oh, all coronavirus. day si- sitting, out, sitting in the airport, staring out at the windows, thinking like, this is a whiteout. Why are they entertaining this fiction that some plane is going to take off at some point today? Just that is go so back. racist of you, Whiteout. That's ridiculous, Michael. It's, it's when called. it I looks like it. it's foggy outside, but it's I, I, snow. It's just all snow. I know. Yeah. I've been to Canada. All right. Yeah, I've had that happen. Yes. We've all played the Final Fantasy VII demo, I'm assuming. We can talk about that I, later. I haven't. Yes. I downloaded it. I haven't played it. Why not? Because I have work and other That's obligations. No if your obligations include Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I recorded the special VGA 30 2010 video game edition for February with you guys this week. All right, uh, I'll take the blame. I did all that stuff except the Fire Emblem, and I still found time to play Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. But it's going to be a fun show, a, uh, a shelter for those of you who are maybe depressed about the Super Tuesday results or seriously depressed about the Super Tuesday results. If you're happy, you know, maybe... Maybe you won't like us. I don't know. But uh, I actually why just would got I out be of line Biden? from voting. Just Who now? Would... Yeah, just now. What happened? Wow. Is it good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. How you, all how you feel good. about Biden? Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Oh, so I've like I always the rest wanted of to us, see what would happen if you could read a skeleton with better teeth. Mm-hmm. Like just graft graft old skin in a skeleton. Boom! You got Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. As long as he's Great smiling, I'm 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 feeling fine. You know. Yeah. I mean, as long as the debates with Donald Trump involve him grabbing him by the arm and jabbing him in the chest repeatedly with his fingers like he does Ooh. to everyone else, you know. Straightening up his collar. Mm-hmm. Listen here. Yeah, yeah. They should just put some of those, like, Klingon, like, curved swords out on, like, a rack. Mm-hmm. Just nobody says anything. No moderator. <laughs> you know, just... Let me Wait tell you about Corn Pop, the man who I just taught really... me that you should wrap a chain around your arm if you're going into a knife fight. Oh, boy. I hope he uh, I hope he does, pulls the signature Biden move and tries to smell Trump's hair. Mm-hmm. Just because those are two things that should never meet. You know, it's like, you know, Trump with his thing about his hair and then Biden there, just the smelling. It's mm-hmm. it's a bad scene all around. Yeah. 
I just want to see Biden start obsessively licking Trump's hair. I want to see it go up his nose like Tommy and take over his mind. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for the first debate when they uh, they stop arguing and realize they're best friends. (laughs) (laughs) Their mother's mother's name, Martha. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. (laughs) <laughs> I would 100% buy that as like a piece of trivia if somebody told me it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But the reason we're talking politics here is because uh, to fit the theme of Super Tuesday week, we are going to be discussing the top five games where you fight a politician. Uh, not just where you fight a politician, but where the politician is the main or at least secondary bad guy. This is something that I, I feel like I've played more than I actually have because digging into it, it's like, this is actually a pretty narrow field. Like, you fight kings and emperors and dictators all the damn time, but politicians, like people yeah. who are part of a nominally democratic system, like, eh, yeah. it's a little harder. Yeah. And, and I can't take credit for this idea because I'm basically ripping off. Chris just did a Laser Time show about Ooh. this. And mm. I, think, I think what you discovered, Chris, was that there was a period in the 90s which is like the most that the president has ever been portrayed as an antagonist. There was something going on in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. most of it was Tom Clancy shit mm. and, and, and John Grisham shit. And it was a little bit of that. And then, like, the comedy... I don't. I'm not gonna blame entertainment for cynicism towards politics today, but like just going back and looking at it, like, dude, every politician is a piece of shit. They're like mm. the villain of everything, mm. except for Harrison Ford. <laughs> he, but he's not. He's an analyst. He had to. He wags his finger at the president. You coward! Mm. But no, but then when, the when he is the president, he, yeah. then he shouts, "Get off my oh. plane!" Yes, yeah. that's coming out of whatever period this was. But I, I think I grew up with a very cynical take on uh, politicians. And I was surprised. I, I th- we might have some overlap because some of them were game characters. Mm. Well, I, I think also, like, you know, you say something was happening in the 90s. I'll tell you what was happening. Clinton was president. And all the conspiracy theorists were like, it's going to be black helicopters darkening the skies. They come to yes. take our guns. And Hollywood was like, that's awesome. Yes! <laughs> yes! More of that <laughs> in our fiction. We're in, in your head, were the conspiracy theorists voiced by the head of Richard Nixon? I mean, yes. <laughs> you know it, baby. <laughs> I mean, I, I, just, I just summarized like about five years of the letters to the editor in my local paper, so there you go. <laughs> when are y'all going to talk about Whitewater again? Anti-gun Gestapo's coming. Y'all ain't talking about how Hillary Clinton's killed more people than the coronavirus. <laughs> Uh, that's a literal thing I saw on my right-wing Facebook. Thank you, world. You have a, you have a right-wing Facebook? Yeah, his name is Seth. <laughs> uh, yeah, so top five games where you're fighting a political opponent right after this. Hey, everybody. If you're anything like me, right now you're probably thinking, I love using Video Game Apocalypse as my primary and also only source for video game news, but it's so long. If only there were a quicker way to hear all the relevant headlines every day. Well, the Gaming Ride Home podcast has your back. It's video game news. It comes out every day at 5 p.m., just in time for your commute home. It's hosted by Kyle Hilliard, formerly of Game Informer and IGN, and it's just 15 to 20 minutes long. How do they do that? 
In that time, you'll get to hear about headlines, rumors, reviews, hardware leaks, release dates, and more. If the concept of Too Long Didn't Read was a podcast, it'd be Gaming Ride Home. Kyle spends all day online reading tweets and rumor blogs so he can consolidate the chatter and catch you up on everything that happened while you were busy living your life. Gaming Ride Home is the latest show from the Ride Home Podcast Network, the daily news podcast folks now celebrating two years and 25 million downloads. To get your news fix, search your podcast app right now and subscribe to Gaming Ride Home. And we're back to talk about what? Them fighting uh, words against them politicians. Hmm. And, and and just because the previous episode of Laser Time about fictional politicians, the big highlight for me was discovering new President Hector Elizondo Mountain Dew Camacho footage from Terry <laughs> Crews. Hmm. There's new footage? Uh, yeah, like he, he shot some stuff for Funny or Die, I think, before Fox sent a cease and desist. Oh, man. Um, that seriously, like a but wake word for the Manchurian candidate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so real quick, Mountain I don't think I've ever told up. this on a laser time. Um, I was working at Fox and got to read the script for Idiocracy before it came out, and it was a little different than the final movie. Like it, it was a really smartly written script, and I was super excited to see them make it into a movie. And it was a little disappointing when it came out, just because like nobody went and saw that movie in theaters. They didn't release it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, wait, didn't they? No, they they put it on the shelf for like three years. They did the oh, like oh, send why. 150 copies to Blockbuster premiere. Yes. That's yes. why. That's what I'm remembering. Because like, yeah, I, I read Sell that Sell sixteen thousand bucks of popcorn, and we'll send this to you with an Olympus bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember though that movie had kind of a second life on video, and what was so weird is like when we were talking about it at the studio, we were like, oh, yeah, this is the guy who put out Office Space, you know, Mike Judge, and his movies kind of do have a second life on video. So I guess in let's, this case, Did anybody they just say, decide, let's let's try not to do the exact same thing we did with Office Space and squander this potential? No, this time they just said, let's cut out the middleman. No theater whatsoever. Just go straight to video, uh, apparently. Uh, but it was a good script. Yeah. Well, let's get political, starting with... Number five. Michael! <laughs> Richard! Mr. President, it looks like this party is just getting started. <laughs> Chris, I know you know what this is. I do. I just I just found uh, both my digital copy of the uh, Digital Devolver remaster and thanks to Aziz for finding me an actual copy from Japan. Oh, nice. Wow. Metal Wolf Chaos. It must have cost a um, fortune. I thought that was I, the I uh, end credits of Seinfeld. Michael <laughs> Richards! <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's President Michael Winslow. Wilson. Oh, really? Wilson, my bad. Versus... Uh, Michael Pres- Winslow's the police academy. <laughs> he's the sound guy, isn't he? He's, he's ousted <laughs> in a coup. And the sweeps. He's ousted in a coup by Vice President Richard Hawk, or Dick Hawk. Uh, oh my god <laughs> who's uh who's set up in this clip to correct this situation richard hawk arizona insurrection hero and vice president of the old government and the u.s military rose to the task at hand much like our ancestors did based in a belief of winning freedom and based in the belief of an independent war and based in the belief in this <laughs> great nation. 
I, I know it sounds like sounds he's like about like a to literal, say something that's else. That's a sleepy but. Trump speech, like right there. <laughs> and the flag and the people. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> DNN News Network blurbs that keep popping up are just like embarrassingly one-sided like oh this evil man did all these terrible things now i have to stop to cry talking it's about like the you same exact setting as an image comic but just totally different tone i i just i like i'm i'm playing through dark souls remastered now and that both of these are from from software mm-hmm. and, and and just that dark souls is like the most subtle form of storytelling in the universe and then you have this game which i can't I can't quite place where the tone is coming from. Is this just, like, supposed to be silly? Is this, like, a legitimate... Well, this is our understanding of American politics. Let's go for it. Yeah, what's the... What about the Arizona insurrection? What is the old government? Like, what, what well, is the, this the game old government say? is just the existing government. It's, it just oh. gets overthrown by Richard Hawke. And it's like, even though he was vice president of the old government, he's going to lead us into a new future as the head of the new government with his own mech. And uh, and you also it, it have your own it, yeah. It doesn't seem that tongue in cheek either, just because it's never really acknowledged that the president is fighting off his coup by blasting through thousands of enlisted military men with with blood and everything, mm-hmm. and then destroying I think up to eleven major American cities. <laughs> well, yeah, Metal, Metal Wolf Chaos is well. Technically, you are liberating American cities. Uh, but yeah, you you are piloting a mech around city streets and blasting the shit out of a lot of uh, U.S. Army personnel, and uh, the the news anchor is not having it at all. If an ounce of justice still remains in you, give up on that man and surrender by 5 p.m. today. <laughs> this is our final ultimatum. This has been an announcement from the Government Policy Promotion Department, where the password is, we love Richard Hawk. Yeah, there's a certain amount of like, okay, this had to be a gag even at the time. Like, part of it is just this very earnest, like, this is what Americans sound like. This will never be published outside of Japan. But also, like, yeah, it's it's a kind of silly satire. It's very over the top, and the, the acting... Compliments that I think. Yeah. Japanese songs, English lyrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's wonderful, and I, I think the gameplay is still pretty fun. Yeah, having played the, yeah, the remaster, sick. and and I love yeah. that in the remaster they they did not replace any of the uh, the voice recordings from two thousand three, and at the same time they they remastered all the cutscenes so it looks nice and pretty in uh, in well, well whatever <laughs> you're playing. Well, as pretty as Xbox. OG Xbox graphics can look these days. Mm-hmm. I, I thoroughly recommend. It. I really do. I had a great time with it. I always get it confused with that game, um, Liberation Maiden. Remember hmm. that game? Yeah, you are also playing the president in that that game. But I think the president is a teenage girl. For some reason, that is absolutely <laughs> true. And she's yep. also got like Shinji vibes. Like she like kind of doesn't want to do it. She's like kind of like emo about it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I don't really understand the point of that one. But I always I always mix them up. I always think they're 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 your people are talking about the other one when they're talking about the other one. Hmm. Metal Wolf Chaos is the one where the the president has to go rogue and is tarred as a terrorist uh, in in a in a mech. When he does encounter the vice president, it's pretty clear who's still paying someone to write speeches for them. Metal Wolf. 
Planning on wiping out New York this time? You enemy of the people, I, Richard Hawk, won't let you get away with it. I, Richard Hawk, will uphold American justice without fail. I, sh I should say that yeah. yeah, I should say that when Richard Hawk is delivering this speech, his mech is standing on top of moving helicopter rotor blades, and he's only pausing to like fire a, a salvo of missiles. Does he go down a water slide right at the end? You think? <laughs> no, he just I gets punched off the helicopter by Michael Wilson, making him suck his missile punch. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I just Every bit of know, this is wonderful. I want to understand. So this, these are the guys who'd made Armored Core, which, yes. I mean, mm -hmm. hard to say, like, seri serious series, but, you know, more serious tone than this. No, like, it was, it, that game was too, like, complicated, I remember, for me to really play. And this is a really arcadey mech experience. Oh, yeah, I, it does not beat you over the head at all in Armored Core. It's, like, very chill game. Yeah, but that's what's so weird. And then uh, all I'm finding, I'm just kind of looking at a wiki page right now, is, like, there, it says here they wanted to make it more American because it was the Microsoft publishing deal, and and yeah. and so it can't be though. It can't be that they thought, oh, this is what Americans will want to play. Why not? I, I think that had something to do with it. I think this was destined for shores, and I think somebody got cold feet on a content level. I really do. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm trying to remember the exact year. I think it was probably the Bush administration, but you know there was. Well, I think this was 2003 in Japan, but yeah, like yeah. we we were full on post 9/11 war on terror patriot day yeah. nonsense. Yeah, I time. mean the, the the villain shares a first name with our at the time vice president, you know, which was a villain who everybody had rumored was secretly pulling the puppet strings on things. And yeah, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of like direct censorship of media, but you know. <laughs> I don't know. That's all wrapped up in Weinstein stuff that I don't want to talk about. But, you know, the Bush administration <laughs> did manage to silence people, and I can see why games at that point might not have wanted to, like, stick their head out and, like, become a political talking point. Yeah. Well, well, I think, like, even if your character is unfairly labeled a terrorist, like, it's still, like, are you playing as a terrorist in this? Do we? Is that something we want to promote? A terrorist with, like, the presidential seal of the United States on, on these giant canisters full of guns coming out with, of his back. With the explosive destruction of patriotic landmarks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that too. You can, you can totally smash it, buildings. I think in Japan they just don't differentiate between, like, the, vi the version of ourselves that we put in a movie and the version of ourselves that's real. And I think it's just, like, pop satire. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think yeah, they're it's, even it's... thinking about the ramifications at all. It's confusing because every time I like I was sitting in like an Ace Attorney meeting, I'm like, "What is Japanese understanding of American law?" Because some of this is ridiculous. So yeah, like, I'm I'm reading. So there, we may have an answer here, and if this is true, it was definitely meant to be released in America. If this is true, these guys are geniuses. So in an, an E3 2019 interview with From Software producer Masanori Takeuchi. He said they were trying to draw both American and Japanese audiences, so they created it intentionally with the idea that it is a game that Japanese audiences would perceive as like, oh yeah, this is how Americans are and act, even though they knew it was exaggerated. But then also, from an American point of view, they were creating it like, hey, this is very Japanese. And so if you think mm. of it that way, it's like, actually, they wow. pulled that off. Like, that was like a fine edge to toe, and they, they actually, this game does simultaneously like, 
feel very Japanese, but it's also poking fun at American stuff. So maybe if it was intentional, like hats off to him. Like that's genius. Sometimes yeah, it, it, I, can't, yeah. I can't even like. Sometimes I can't even imagine that these people were not thinking of like me stoned in my thirties, yeah. looking for something to do in the middle of the night. Like so many weird Japanese games like speak to this like one specific aesthetic that I just can't completely put my finger on. Yeah, it's it's like two shades of self-awareness away from like what makes Team America really awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it, it it yeah, and again it, it was very it was remember the game is completely localized and was made it as far as a demo disc for official Xbox magazine in America. Mm-hmm. So if you have that demo disc you it, like the content was locked on that for about uh for almost 20 years. Like that was the only way you could legally play a copy of this, and it was really hard for me to get this to play on a modded Xbox. I tried for like, oh, uh, I think twenty four hours straight, but I did it. God damn, dude! And now, now it. it's playable on everything. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm so happy that uh, Metal Wolf Chaos XD came out. It is joyous. Play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone should play this game. It is a lot of fun. Uh, it's very silly, especially if you like mech games. But is it as silly as number four? Mayor, I'm telling you, you better put the 4th of July celebration on hold. It's just too dangerous. Hate to say it, but you may be right. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to shut down the festivities because you boys think a shark can survive an explosion like that. <laughs> what could this be? <laughs> I mean, I was getting Jaws vibes before I realized it was Jaws. <laughs> I, I, I think we need a bigger top five. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what is... The, who is the real villain in Jaws, the 1970s Spielberg movie. The greedy mayor who doesn't dare want to uh, close down the beaches because that would ruin tourism in his town. Yes, but That's the right. real villain is capitalism. The mayor is just its servant. Um, the real villain is the kind of capitalism that ha- that seemingly subsists off of like sandals and $2 sand pills. Uh-huh. Like, what, what does the economy here look like? The, the economy in, in Amity Island uh, in the 70s was entirely dependent on tourists. Like, we need tourists to come here for the 4th of July so we can make our nut for the year and not starve in the winter. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what's motivating Mayor Larry Vaughn in, uh, in Jaws. In Jaws Unleashed... Larry Vaughn Jr.'s stance, that's his actual name in the game, is a a little harder to explain just because it's like you've got all this crazy industry now, all these investment dollars, like there are jobs here. People are not so much dependent on tourism, and yet you refuse to postpone the 4th of July, even though I, as the shark, have just eaten hundreds of your constituents. (laughs) You're like a force of nature. You're a force of, <laughs> of social change. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Social retribution. Like, in this game, uh, somehow Jaws knows where the houses of Enviro Plus executives are, and he knows that he can pick up flaming barrels of toxic waste and throw them at those houses to light them on fire, after which the uh, the owners will run down to the beach and he can eat them. That is an actual mission in Jaws Unleashed. Yeah, fucking ecotage. I love it. Yeah, yeah this game just says. Uh, this this game basically <laughs> just says, uh, "Fuck you, Echo the Dolphin. You are not active enough. Uh, here's what you should have done." <laughs> yeah, Echo, you should have eaten people, and it's by the same people who made Echo the Dolphin. This was Appaloosa Interactive making a shark game that eventually wow. became Jaws Unleashed. 
Uh, it was originally called Soul Predator, and uh, I remember being very excited about it for years, and it just kind of submerged and reemerged as Jaws Unleashed. <laughs> See what you did there. And Maxim Ooh. Magazine gave it five stars a year before it even came out. So good for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how they were able to get those super early game reviews. I don't know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were the people who like reviewed games with baby faces. Mm, were they? Yes, like they, Caught they definitely admitted to like reviewing having never played them. The uh, the mayor in this game. So this is about games where you fight politicians, yeah. and you do fight the mayor, even though for a time he's he's your biggest fan. Actually, like his stupidity is the reason you get to keep operating in Amity. And like right off the bat in the first mission, you're you're captured, you're dragged off to a research tank in the aquarium, but he wants you put on display. For the first time ever, Amity has its own great white shark on display for the tourists. This is going to draw crowds in record numbers. Mayor, our research tank can hold the shark, but we are not prepared to display him in the showroom tank. Nonsense! The word has already spread. Give the people what they want, Brody. So that that is Michael Brody, the son of uh, Chief Brody, who ah. became a marine biologist, as we all know from Jaws the Revenge. Yep. He figures out what's causing the shark to go berserk and the mayor's having none of it it's causing them to approach human settlements and to become increasingly more violent listen brody i don't know what they taught you in those institutions where you studied but you're beginning to sound like your dad you're crying wolf and barn plus is bringing in millions to our community the machines stay the amity shark tournament begins tomorrow and odds are they will catch the shark before anything else happens so yes, the Environ Plus company is putting machines into the water that are emitting magnetic signals that are driving sharks crazy and presumably causing more sharks than you to just rampantly attack people. And it's, it, This would seem a little ham-fisted if mm-hmm. the president lit- literally just didn't stand up in front of people and say the coronavirus is okay because the stock market is fine, mm-hmm. expressing no <laughs> solace for human beings and lives. <laughs> it's literally all it's, I've been thinking about this happened. whole time. Look, the virus stays, okay? <laughs> Love it or leave it, man. Mm-hmm. The virus stays. You yep, go. Yep, yep. And uh, he's he's very adamant talking to local media like, no, you all must celebrate 4th of July at the beach. As I have stated to you earlier, the shark threat through Amity is, in fact, highly overrated. The beaches are completely safe for you to enjoy. And this year's Independence Day celebration is going to be one to remember for generations to come. Why? I plan to kick off the fireworks myself. Now, I look forward to seeing all of you down at the beach for some nice barbecue cooking and friendly patriotic smiles. Hmm, friendly patriotic smiles. I feel like everybody who had a birthday on 9-11 can relate to this. (laughs) Why is that? Just, just, where's everybody going? This is going to be the best time Uh, ever. uh, I, I promise. Uh, um, but yes, um, in the end, you do you do get to to fight the mayor head on. You invade the Fourth of July festivities. You uh, chomp down some people who are on a banana boat again in an homage to Jaws: The Revenge. You drag down some helicopters. You smash some Coast Guard boats, and then you uh, steer the mayor's private yacht into a fireworks barge. Something's happening out of the pond, Mister Mayor. We must be. Things are getting... Oh, shit! Look at the size of that thing! (laughs) Oh, my God! This can't be happening! And you get this great shot of, like, all these terrified people just, like, running from the beach (laughs) as all these fireworks are launching and... 
Yeah. Thermator <laughs> burns to death, presumably. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Sorry, that, that, that's neither here nor there, but it reminds me of my favorite thing I ever saw because of that guy's delivery. I was walking down the street with a co-worker at, uh, in L.A. at E3 or something in L.A., and just like, yeah, you know, then we have to go to this meeting, then we have to do this. Holy shit, look at how drunk that guy is! <laughs> and a fucking, a fucking a limo with, a, with, a, with a, a hot tub in the back with no water in it turned the corner and a man throwing up all over his own chest in, a, in the, the hot tub alone like took a corner way too fast. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And a dog shit on its own balls. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yes. But uh, yes, a grown man in a nice shirt throwing up on himself in a dried out hot, uh, limo hot tub oh, Jesus Christ. at full speed was the funny, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Every time I try to defend L.A., you remind me of stories like that, and I'm like, yeah, I got no- yeah. nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> no, there's nothing to defend. Yeah, it is opulent, but, you know, they spread it around. Not that uh. far. Mm. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Sorry, Alex. Yeah, but I <laughs> take it from me. <laughs> Can't believe it's been roughly 15 years since Jaws Unleashed has released, and I've gotten all this material out of it over the years. I, I legitimately had a great time with the game yeah. and that no one's made a silly shark games uh, until man eater which is out when may yeah late may um, yeah I'm, I'm fucking shocked coming for like, 40 bucks I, I wasn't i'm not really old enough to have been born in like the jaws hype but like every little kid liked sharks or was afraid of sharks or sharks were a very serious focus of their lives mm-hmm. or a fear on the beach it's something we've always wanted to play as and yeah, I, I, it, 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 Jaws only showed us it can be done, and no one did it again. Nope, until now. But yeah, we got Maneater to look forward to. Go listen to our uh, interview with uh, the head of Tripwire Interactive the other week, um, 355, I think it was. Yes, sir. Yeah. Anyway, for now, let's move on to... Number three. So you're Jingu. Hello. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Kazuma Kiryu. Too bad you'll be saying goodbye so soon. What's this? Someone talking to Kazuma Kiryu in English? Mm. One of the Yakuza games. I don't know Uh which one, though. Well, which one was dubbed in English? Oh, uh, uh, four? Just a random guess? I don't know. No, it's the first one! Oh, okay. The very Mm. first one with Mark Hamill as... um, Yeah. Wow. Yeah, as as much famous Japanese Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that that wasn't Mark Hamill you just heard talking. He was oh, he was bad. Goro Majima in the game. But uh, but yeah, this this is a little bit of a spoiler for a, a fairly old game that has been remastered recently as Kiwami. Uh, excuse me, Kiwami. Mm-hmm. It's been Kiwami. Yeah, it's been Kiwami. The main villain in the very first Yakuza game is a politician named Jingu who heads up a uh, clandestine organization called the MBI. The MBI? A Ministry Bureau of Investigation. They perform <laughs> operations under direct orders from the cabinet, pulling all the political strings behind the scenes. Guy in charge is a diet representative, an ex-police commissioner, a man named Jingu. You can't be both a ministry and a bureau. You gotta pick one. Yeah, and why does why did the Japanese police sound like the guy who hides Mister Incredible? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he is. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they're both. 
He's that good. Jingu's like this shadowy figure that is mentioned throughout a lot of Yakuza. One of the things that happens in Yakuza is uh, Kiryu finds this little girl named Haruka, and she is somehow related to one of his childhood friends, Yumi. And so he's trying to find her mother, who's apparently Yumi's sister, and all this stuff happens and finally find out, spoiler again, who Haruka's father is. Jingu received a marriage proposal from the Prime Minister's daughter. That's when Yumi decided to leave him, since they weren't officially married. She did it for Jingu. Do it for Jingu. But that decision started the House of Cards toppling. Jingu had acquired power through marriage and not of his own accord. So in order to maintain that status, he became ruthless. So essentially, Kazuma's friend Yumi, she she got amnesia and she started a relationship with this up-and-coming politician named Jingu. And they had a daughter together, but they never got married. And uh, then he got this marriage proposal from the prime minister's daughter. So he needs to kind of keep this squeaky clean image. And his family became sort of an inconvenient part of that. And people started to find out the connection. And he's like, all right, I need to put a stop to this. And so he is working to to murder his former lover and his daughter. Just they're, they're just evidence that needs to be disposed of now. And so Kiryu's caught in the middle of this, having to defend Yumi and Haruka. It just becomes a big old mess. And yeah, you meet this guy at the end and he has a big, ugly mole in the middle of his forehead. And you find out he's been manipulating all the Yakuza families to bring about his ideal for Japan. And it's never quite explained what that is, but uh, he's, he's a real bitch about it. Are all you Yakuza this stupid? How can you shoot your own daughter? I do what I must. She's nothing more than a thorn in my side. For my future, no. The future of this nation, the thorn must be removed. It's kind of interesting to think that, like, right off the bat, that Yakuza games were kind of trying to tell these more adult stories. It's like, it's, it's where Grand Theft Auto is just like, yeah, you're, you know, it's a satire at all these different levels of society. Uh, Yakuza is like, no, there's all this darkness. The Japanese government is in bed with the Yakuza and the Yakuza is serving the the needs of the Japanese government. And uh, here's this scandal that someone's trying to cover up. And Wow, it's, that, I, I, it's been so long since I've heard of Yakuza compared to GTA that I forgot mm-hmm. that that's what it used to be like and that's yeah. why that's why i think it failed originally in the states is everyone came in expecting gta and it's like that is not these no. games are basically murder mystery games or some sort of mystery tied to them the whole time mm-hmm. where you're, you're trying to just kind of unravel what's going on and then there's some brawling mixed in mm-hmm. but, uh, and open world yeah. exploration it's and, bizarre, and yeah, on various mini games you can't forget the mini games light, <laughs> light plug on 30 2010 this week i think we mentioned yakuza 3 is 10 20 10 10. Could hmm. be. 20? Could that be. has to be 10, right? Sure. Probably. 10 yes. years old. We, we and believe, just that, yeah. like, it is so crazy watching it get cred, you know? that It's this series that that struggled for so long and like somehow found itself now. 
Yeah. Or at least for me. Like, mm-hmm. I fucking love this series. Oh, series Even though I've great. never finished a single game, yeah. I buy every single one hoping I get to play them. Well, and, and you know, that girl you were talking about, the little girl, she came, she went on to play a major part in, like, every Yakuza game since, other than mm-hmm. Zero, is she basically becomes Kiryu's adoptive daughter. Yes. Mm. And to, to the point where the plot of Yakuza 6 kind of mirrors the plot of Yakuza 1. So it's a mm-hmm. nice little bookend for... Uh, yeah, cure you. But I love that even even in this first game, as you were saying, Michael, they kind of were establishing the yakuza. Certain families are portrayed as sort of the bad guys, but they're always mm-hmm. sort of portrayed more as like they're bad guys with like still this noble streak. Whereas mm-hmm. the government is like, no, no, they're straight up the bad guys. Like they they don't have the same morals and principles that the yakuza have. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're just the government will just do anything to get ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, this this was kind of cool, and uh, yeah, you do, you do get to fight with a politician at the end of the first Yakuza <laughs> game, and then you get to fight with your former brother Nishiki, who's a bad guy now. Oh no! Spoilers for those of you who just loved him in Yakuza Zero. Does he drop like thirty thousand dollars in like stacked bills on the ground when he dies? One of them is on uh, Game Pass, right? Uh, Zero is on Game Pass now. Yes. Okay. Nice. Play that piss. Yeah. Everyone should play Zero at least. It's so it's so like wild, like how long the games were out before people started to like talk about them in the same breath as like a lot of the other games that mm. are at this level. Where like I remember like just a couple years ago when Yakuza first started getting popular, like on Twitch and stuff. Like it sort of like I forget. I think this was like Yakuza. Uh, five or whatever. Like I, I can't mm-hmm. remember which one was the big one here that finally like kind of hit. I think it was five. That would have been twenty twenty fifteen in in the states. Where I may, might have been four. That was twenty eleven. So yeah, and it went from this like sort of like jokey like look at all these weird mini games, almost like uh, Shenmue type thing to like yeah. people really talking about the games to the point that now that game uh, Judgment dropped, and that's like a whole nother level of money put on top of these games, like in yeah. terms of production. And it's just, it's a, it's cool. It's, it's like a really refreshing take, like yeah. compared to metal wolf chaos and jaws and leash, you're getting a really <laughs> different, like truly political story. I think even, even if you think of like uh, GTA or saints row, like if, if that's the, the only analog that we have, like the semi-serious story with a completely different flavor. Yeah. Except in one, yeah. you can play as a living like toilet, I think. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> Toilet with Uzis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, one of the reasons the game struggled so much is there were a lot of GTA clones coming out at the time the original Yakuza kind of came out in the States. And so it was like you had the Godfather games, or I'm sorry, the Mafia games at the time. I, well, there was a Godfather game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked on that Scarface game that came out. And so there were so many clones, and each one was trying to kind of have its distinct thing. And you can't blame Sega for sort of at the time marketing it as like, hey, this is this open world thing, but it's really not. It really is yeah. just grown up as Shinmu. Whereas like Shinmu has more like almost an adolescent plot. It's like the kind of thing you would write if you were a teen. It's like no Shinmu uh, Yakuza games just kind of grew up and yeah. they have really they're 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 overly complex. Don't get me wrong, but they they actually have pretty good stories when you play through them. And I think Yakuza 1 was kind of hamstrung by loading times, among other things, and yeah. on PS2. So when that actually got re-released as Kiwami, and it's like, okay, here's a new chance to explore this world in a much more seamless way. Like, 
that that was a huge incentive, I think, to jump in. Yeah. It, is this the one where Goro jumps out of like dumpsters and shit and cha- like when he every once in a while? I think in Kiwami he does. Yeah, like yeah. they they sort of expand that and turn him into the nemesis or something. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's like uh, that Lord of the Rings game, except he just like you'll be like doing something and he'll like pop out and he'll be like, "Let's fist fight." Yeah, <laughs> that's why I love him so much in Zero because it's like Goro before he's absolutely crazy. Like he's still got his crazy streak, but he's like this suave, dapper dude that you play mm-hmm. as. I love it. You do kind of wonder, like, what happened to turn him into the Goro that we know? (laughs) Very Red Dead 2. Anyway, let's jump ahead to... Number 2. Thanks to your efforts, my clean image remains untarnished, and I've monopolized public opinion. (laughs) Uh, That's a a pretty limited thing to draw from, but uh, does anybody know what this could be? Time crisis. Uh, Chris, the the villain in this game is named Masayoshi Shido. Does that ring any bells? Uh, Master Splinter? This no. is a Persona <laughs> game, isn't it? This Persona is Persona 5! Yeah! Look at me! I'm dancing around the Sesame Street music! <laughs> I love it! Cue that Every- gif of Mo doing the dance of this song. You guys ever see that gif? Someone's dissing you, fly girl. <laughs> <laughs> then he shoots the shotgun at the ceiling. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yes, Persona 5, the, the big bad in it, more or less, is this guy named Masayoshi Shido, who's mild spoilers. He is the reason you are in Tokyo in the first place. But yeah, he, he is sort of like this towering figure over the rest of the game. And, and as you find out more about him, like, okay, he's this up and comer politician. He is uh, trying to become prime minister and he is manipulating people uh, to vote for him. I humbly ask that you cast your vote for me. Masayoshi Shido, let us all set sail toward a happy future, together. I hope to continue serving you all. But uh, in reality, he is an extreme nationalist, classist, who just wants to uh, preserve Japan for, like, the, the few rich donors and sycophants that he envisions as part of his inner circle. Weird. Mm-hmm. I hope nobody ever shows up in real politics like that. Mm, yeah, <laughs> what a shame that would be. <laughs> that would be terrible. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, uh huh. Uh huh. But but yeah, he he's like he's leading this conspiracy to to kind of dominate everything in Tokyo, and he's vaguely aware of what the Phantom Thieves can do, and to the point where he like sets up extra safeguards to try and prevent his heart from being stolen. He he has a specific attack dog that he sets on you, metaphorically speaking. There's a character who is kind of very attuned to you and uh, who reports directly to, to Shido. He has some, uh, some bad plans. The current administration is dead with ongoing scandals. Never mind the fact that they're my doing. Even the government parties have begun splitting up. And they're dissolving just as planned. <laughs> the time has finally come. Just a little more and I will take the seat of Prime Minister. However, inauguration isn't my goal. That's when everything truly begins. Ooh. I don't know, who else has played Persona 5 besides me? 
I have, but just I have. Uh, I got about sixty hours in and said that's enough, and I never got to die. You, you got through the first dungeon, right? <laughs> <laughs> All I wanted to do was be in dungeon. Mm. I, I almost, I'll be honest, I almost uh, quit out during the burger dungeon, the space burger dungeon. That that really didn't do much for me. I think it was overlong, but uh, out of context, it sounds delightful. I it, I know it does. It sounds amazing, and it is amazing for a while, and then you just like slog through and keep solving the same couple puzzles over and over again. And like, when is this gonna end? I watched my girlfriend play through this entire game, and it. Lo- I mean, I didn't have to like sit there and watch her grind all the grinding that she did. But other than that, it, it looks like a pretty like wild game. Like it, like mm-hmm. I feel like all the all the uh, villains kind of like are like mini versions of this leading up to this kind of neat little uh, idea for a game. Yeah. Well, like the idea is that you are delving into these dungeons that represent the psyches of these people that you're trying to take down. Not so much take down as like trying to change their hearts, turn them into heal them. Yeah. Yeah. To turn them into good, repentant people who, who look at the things that they've done and are like, Oh no, I need to confess everything in front of a camera. And, uh, so you, you you do this by confronting their shadow selves, who who lie at the heart of these labyrinths, and who can, you know, by by defeating these characters, like you can steal the hearts of the the people who they're connected to. They kind of represent the worst aspects of these people. For example, Shido's shadow self. Small sacrifices are inescapable for those wishing to be powerful, competent leaders. How would you ever reach your destination if you stopped to count every ant you crushed on the road? Are you saying that the people you killed deserve to die? He's totally insane! I wouldn't expect the ignorant masses of this country to understand. Yeah, I notice a common theme with Japanese uh, de- depictions of the villainous politician. It's, it's all about, like... I don't care who I have to destroy to get to my position. I, I wasn't going to point it out till the next entry, Michael, but uh, take a second look at our list and you might see a common theme about where these games are based or coming from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're almost all Japanese games. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. How do they feel about their government over there in Japan? Mm. Ambivalent <laughs> at best. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting to to look at Japanese uh, media about their government because they tend to like it, it seems to be much more focused on bureaucracy and this idea that like oh a, uh, a a brilliant spark of a person might emerge from like somewhere down and work their way up and eventually become prime minister for five minutes and then uh, get replaced by somebody else and there's a lot of like powerful families politicking and like oh well if if you marry into this family it'll get you a better chance of getting this position and yeah it's until then keep your head down and try and make as little decisions as possible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is at least my takeaway i'll mention it for the second time this week shin godzilla is yes. God, scathing in a totally so different way yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's interesting going back and watching Evangelion, which is the series obviously created by Shin Godzilla director Hideaki Anno. Uh, it's it's kind of has a similar like focus on 
these governmental machinations, all this bureaucracy that needs to happen in order for like these gigantic projects to move forward. And it's like, we have to fight this giant monster. Like, well, this department doesn't want to give us these resources. Well, what do they want? And blah, 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 blah. But that, that's kind of what Shin Godzilla is. It's, it's almost a comedy of bureaucracy in the face of existential threats. We had that discussion this week. Like, is this a comedy or not? Because some of this is maybe even absurd to a certain American viewers. Mm-hmm. I love it. None I, of this so none of this is funny, though. Like, this week in particular, when you're reading stories about kind of how government's tripping over itself with basic things with uh, coronavirus, I hate to bring it back to that, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. like, it is top of everyone's mind. It's like, yeah, um... These 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 games kind of nail it. Like uh, yeah. they governments, a lot of the time they are they they just break down so easily. Well, with these in things. defense of our government, Matt, uh, you can't shoot or bomb coronavirus, so we only have so many solutions for dealing with problems. Is there like a way I could shrink a mech into your bloodstream or something? <laughs> just let me say, tell me I can solve this with mech. Trumpito wanted to uh, use the flu vaccine on the uh, coronavirus. That's right. Yeah, that'll Get told no by doctors is like, oh, I haven't heard no in like three years. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's crazy. All right. Well, as long as we're on this Japanese developer kick, let's wrap it up with... Japan? I can break the president in two with my bare hands! Don't fuck with this, Senator! Uh, Senator, who, who, what, what game is this? Any ideas? Operation no. Tecumseh. It's this Metal is... Gear Solid, uh, or this... Metal Gear Rising, Revengeance. Yeah, Senator uh... Stephen Armstrong, the best boss fight in history. <laughs> Although you could have, I mean, you know, Metal Gear in general, uh, they sort of, I couldn't decide if George Sears is a bad guy or not. He is, he's it. solid as snake. Yeah, he's solid as snake. Solid as right. snake is bad. You fight yes. him with mm-hmm. a sword. Yeah. Like, Yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> what, what more do you need? <laughs> you fight him with a sword, he must be a bad guy. But they make a lot of those bad guys sympathetic because they're always just like, well, they were products of this this Les Enfants Terribles yeah, project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, they, they have plans that sort of make sense to them. And it's like, well, you're not really a bad guy, but you're trying too hard to upset the status quo. And I feel like Senator Armstrong was uh, kind of making fun of that with his villain speeches at the end. I have a dream. That one day, every person in this nation will control their own destiny. A land of the truly free, damn it. A nation of action, not words, ruled by strength, not committee. Where the law changes to suit the individual, not the other way around. Where power and justice are back where they belong. In the hands of the people! Where every man is free to wage his own wars! Why'd they interview him while he was lifting weights? (laughs) (laughs) 
That's a good question. Yeah, again, this is a bit of a, a spoiler, but I think it's been memed to death, so it's kind of okay. But yes, the the main villain at the end of Metal Gear Rising, the one who's been pulling all the strings of the mercenaries that you've been fighting, is Senator Stephen Armstrong, who wants to overthrow the USA for reasons? I guess that includes just like, yeah, every, everybody being free to, to do whatever, um... And he's he's uh, honestly very punk about it. Fuck all these lunatic liars! Chicken shit bureaucrats! Fuck this twenty four seven internet spew of trivia and celebrity bullshit! <laughs> Fuck American pride! Fuck the media! Fuck all of it! It's apt. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's sort of like the inverse of that train spotting choose life speech. <laughs> yeah. See, this is what's so weird is like earlier when we were listening to the Metal Wolf Chaos stuff, I'm like, God, I, I could have sworn it sounds like Platinum like consulted on this game. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear sound clips from this game, you're like, see, this sounds like the same thing. It's like this is a Platinum game and they're doing the same shit. This is probably one of the least Metal Gear Metal Gear games. And yet it, it parodies it so sharply. Yes, I think. I'm- I'm sure they were like, do not touch the lore. Do not touch mm-hmm. anything. And then they were like, all right, fuck it. We're just going to, like, drink some shots and go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's going to be just, like, cranked up to 12. And, uh, yeah, Metal, Metal Gear Rising is a super fun game. I think it's one of the best games that Platinum has produced. And mm-hmm. it's one of the best games in the Metal Gear series. It's As someone who loves Metal like, Gear, like... It's, like, just seriously good gameplay, like, more than anything else. It just really gives you this, like... It's, like, exciting. I don't know. Like, Metal Gear Solid is a very, like, like sizzling combat game. And this one is, like, very big and loud and, and crazy. I don't know. It, it, it's It's mm-hmm. a totally different vibe. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, one is a stealth game where you're really not supposed to fight that much in Metal Gear games, whereas this is like, no, this is an action game. They just wear it on their robotic sleeve, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you first fight against the, the senator, who's who's a very big dude in an expected way, and that he climbs into Metal Gear Excelsis and uh, tries to smash you, and so you, you fight against Metal Gear with with a sword, as you do, and then when you disable it, he comes out, and it turns out that, like, oh, he uses nanomachines to make himself stronger than any cyborg so uh he just beats you to a pulp while speechifying and uh yeah just but but he 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 really at the core of it he respects raiden and he wants you on his side but uh raiden is unconvinced how the hell did you get elected (laughs) well (laughs) i don't write my own speeches It's a fun boss fight, and it includes the phrase "Make America Great Again." About three years before Trump started using it, so uh, I blame it for all of America's current ills. It's like the scarier version of Herman Cain taking the Pokemon song. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> that has been our top five. Anybody else have any fond memories of Metal Gear Rising or any of these games to to discuss that yet weren't able to? I got frustrated with it, and I've been waiting to go back and play it on uh, a better television. Hmm. Okay, it's on Game Pass. I, yeah. I couldn't get the timing right, and um, I, I like it was the exact kind of gameplay I wanted, and I, I kept missing the timing. Hmm. Uh, I just want to shout out the outfits. It's got some good outfits in that game. 
Nice. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Like the poncho and, and sombrero that you wear in Mexico? Abso-fucking-lutely. I want to, like, if I was, like, a fitter man, if I had a different life, I would I would make that outfit for myself. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, if I may, I'll, I'll take this moment to be a little bit political. So in the United States, we don't have the ability to shoot or fight our politicians uh, without going to jail. But what mm. you do have is the power of your vote. And so here's mm-hmm. the thing. No matter how you feel about the results of Super Tuesday, don't be a whiny little bitch in November. Show up to the polls and still fucking vote, all right? Because that's, like, the only way we're going to get shit done. And I'll get off my soapbox, but uh, I don't want to hear this bullshit. Like, well, he's not the guy I would have gone for, and he doesn't perfectly align with my principles. Look, just fucking vote, all right? No, 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 no. I'm not going to leave my house to vote for some centerist fuck. And I don't care about anybody else's rights either. Don't even get me started on the fact that you even have to leave your house to vote. We can do fucking mm-hmm. everything <laughs> online yes. except vote. It is when I was hearing the fact that, like, I think they're still counting California ballots. I'm like, why? We are the home of Silicon Valley. We have means to make. Vo- you can do anything online. Mm-hmm. Including rig votes, which they do. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was sadder than watching people show up, see the line, and decide not to vote. Don't be that person. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Go vote. Go Go vote. This is is the way you fight the politicians. You make your voice voice heard by voting. Please. Listen to us at Vote Your Game Apocalypse. Vote. Vote your polls and vote. Don't min-max the election. Don't don't try and game the system. Just vote for the one you believe in. Yes. All right. Well, on that note, that's that's our top Unless five. Unless it's Ron Paul. That was a weird period on the internet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Shout-outs to Bruno the movie. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's a flaming queer. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of touch me. All right. Well, that's, that's the top five games where you fight politicians. Hope you enjoyed it. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Fight the power! 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 power. We've got to fight the power that beats! Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Hi guys, I wanted to ask you one single simple question, but don't answer just yet. And that was, and that's the people out there listening, is what was a movie that terrified you as a child? Most of Laser Time... Most of Laser Time came from me being going down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, and you caused me to do that the other day because you had to bring up Benji the Hunted. <laughs> Benji the Hunted as the movie that scared you the most when you were a little kid. Well, no, it's not more, the most. More like traumatized. I've got I've got two for scared though. We can okay. I've got two. Okay, this is part of the rabbit hole. I love looking up old Siskel and Ebert clips. It's really really funny when all they do is yell at one another. And for of all movies to fight over, Benji the Hunted, like they are screaming at each other. They are apoplectic about their 
about their their misunderstanding over Benji the fucking hunted. Oh, you're wrapping yourself in, in the flag of children, and I'm saying, go see the Black Stallion instead. There's a film with little oh, dialogue. Hold so much on, better. I'm not wrapping myself in the flag of children. You're wrapping yourself in the flag of the sophisticated film no, critic. Boredom. Seen it all. No, boredom. Boredom with I Benji running. I don't think that any child is going to be <laughs> bored by this movie, and indeed, I found the nature of photography to be very interesting myself. I recommend film for kids that are good. The Black Stallion is a great film. This is Oh, well, garbage. I recommend it. <laughs> it's just like, I hope we just emphasized your podcast is garbage. Glenn <laughs> Ebert are way better at arguing about movies. And what's really funny is that Benji the Hunted came out the same day as Full Metal Jacket. And he's giving him shit because Roger Ebert gave Benji the better score. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment where we will not waste our time or the guests in making a joke about how slow we are to push this button. Kind of thin this week. Uh, Warlords of New York expansion came out for The Division 2. Full disclosure, I do work at Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Um, but it adds kind of a... It it, it uh, gives you a new area to explore, Lower Manhattan. Not to be confused with Midtown Manhattan, the, the area where the first division was set. And it uh, puts you on a five-person manhunt. You need to find this rogue division agent named Aaron Keener, who is like the, the villain in the first game who escaped and disappeared. But now you hunt down his four lieutenants and you find him. And, mm. uh, and yeah, you get a, a whole new area to do it in. And then uh, beginning on Tuesday, it starts the first season post-launch. And uh, it'll, it'll kick off a new five-person manhunt, beginning with the first of four lieutenants. And, uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to if you're a Division Two fan. Now, can I just hop right in and start playing this if I haven't beaten the original campaign? You can! I'm so glad you asked. Yes, there is an option to just immediately create a level 31 character and jump straight into... uh, Well, level 30 character and jump straight into Warlords of New York. So Uh, you can do it with a brand new character that you need to go through some tutorial. You can... can a skip right over Division Two, and I think you can apply the level thirty boost to your existing character if you just want to skip ahead and say. Like, I think you I'm can not do the Division Two stuff. Y- yeah. You can. They were talking about it on the Giant Bombcast this week, and he Jeff like opted not to because he didn't. It basically takes you away from the main campaign for a long time yeah. if you do that, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I was thinking of just because I, I never finished the Division Two campaign, but I, I do want to, and so I might just roll. Roll a new tune for the uh, for the expansion. Yeah, that's that's what I did to, to start playing and try. And it uh, once you finish, even even without the season stuff, once you finish that manhunt, like there's a new end game that affects both New York and Washington D.C. And uh, yeah, it, it's going to be cool. So check it out. Are the manhunts? Are the, they're, they're, that's like the division's version of raids, right? Are no, they... the the manhunt is the the campaign of Warlords of New York. So it's oh, it's okay, this idea okay. that like you have to hunt down these four lieutenants, and then once you've hunted down all four of them, you will have enough intel to find your main target. Uh, and you know, the, I'm using that manhunts uh, moniker because that's also going to be the model for the. The seasons, uh, the, the seasonal play going forward, where it'll introduce new five-person manhunts that you then need to 
Crackdown. Wasn't that how the original Crackdown worked? Is like you had to kill all the underlings and yeah. gather intel? Yeah, I that? think so, yeah. Now that you say that. Mm. Crackdown 3, too. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you were saying it's it was it's a little thin. Uh, this is a game that probably none of us are that interested in are going to play. Uh, not to speak for you, Alex, but uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is finally made its way over to North America, and this is um, I think this is one of those Arc System Works kind of anime fighting games. I've heard really really good things about it, though. As a fighter, it sure is pretty. Yeah, for sure. I mean, their games and, are always uh, amazing. Looking. I guess the Grand Blue games are like beat 'em up games normally. But this one is a straight-up fighter, and the whole idea is I think that it's it's like a little simpler. It's a little easier to pick up than some of the more like extremely complicated, big barrier of entry like anime fighters that are out there. So I think it's mm. kind of like a good jumping-on point if you're like looking at Guilty Gear, you're looking at Blaze Blue, you're looking at those types of games, and you're thinking to yourself like, I wish I could be cool like that. I want to dance with those beautiful gender ambiguous princesses i want to know <laughs> what's going on like i i feel like it's a good one and that's that's just me looking at it from the outside it's not a game i put a lot of time into but uh that's just what i hear yeah looks looks like a good one of those i, I feel mm-hmm. like arc system works games are always something i've wanted to spend a little bit more time with but um yeah i just don't have time to learn all the fighting systems and get good as they say but uh this one I th- I've also heard it has some role-playing elements because it is tied to the, the ARPG, uh, Grand Blue series. So, yeah, I, I always do like that when in fighting games you kind of have some persistency and, and progress. So, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll check it out eventually. It has an interesting uh, fighting system that has to do with, like, certain things being on cooldowns, too, which is kind of neat. Oh, cool. Hmm. Neat. I don't know. My, I... I... My approach with 2D fighters is I always get a little bit turned around by when they introduce guard cancels and uh, all, all these different uh, layered systems that you kind of have to learn and appreciate because, like, I, I just come from the old school of Street Fighter where it's just like, I just do a jump and then a roundhouse kick in midair and then I crutch and I do another roundhouse kick and they fall over. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I do some Hadoukens. Oh, you know, I'm looking up how this works and it's actually kind of cool. It's like basically their big attacks they're called skybound arts they can be triggered with simple button presses for like beginners but if you take the time and but then if you do that it has a long cooldown if you take the time to learn them with the more complex button things sort of like remember when they dumbed down mortal Kombat fatalities like a few versions ago where there was like yes you yes. could buy the fatality mm-hmm. but in this they kind of they kind of handle it through gameplay wise it's like if you learn the complex thing it shortens the cooldown so you can mm. do the cool shit more often Neat. Yeah. Similar to the like Street Fighter Terry vibe in Smash, where you like can input versus like doing the side B. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's a little bit more powerful or something if you do the actual input, but like there's still the like regular Smash controls for the average bear. Mm-hmm. Just thinking of when, when they introduced uh, EO mode in, uh, it might have been like Capcom versus SNK2 that like, you can just do moves by moving the right thumbstick and all the fans were blasphemy! Yeah, mm-hmm. like leveling your characters to 99 in Final Fantasy 9 you just mm-hmm. like press a button and just kill everything. Sweet. I'm all for that. Yeah, all for that. Here's a game that probably started development mm-hmm. around the time of Final Fantasy yeah, 9, so Black Mesa apparently got its official release. This is that, um, Fan Project remake of Half-Life 1, hmm. right? 
Half-Life month, it looks like, it huh? took three <laughs> times as long to make as the original Half-Life yeah. probably did. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's probably just people kind of do it in their spare time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the fact that this is even able to get a release, like, kind of kudos to Valve. Uh, mm-hmm. At least they haven't stopped it yet. Um, well, I think it's it's distributed on Steam. It's kind of got Valve's blessing. So they gave them their blessing, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think they charge money for it on Steam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went back and played the original Half-Life probably 10 years ago, and it's like, I can see what they were doing and how it was revolutionary at the time, but it's a little hard to play through a game like that when the graphics are that dated, so mm-hmm. having an update that's a kind of the fan-made game, is this seems like a good way to go back and play that if you hadn't. I mean, honestly, my girlfriend, Kelly, she she'd never played the Spyro games before. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, she's like a really big fan of like cutie dragons and stuff, right? And so she picked up the new games, and just looking at that same exact, the same exact tasks, the same exact whatever, except it just looks beautiful. It's a yeah. really good way to remove that barrier of entry. It does help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever yeah. you can play an updated version of a game, it's like okay, I can now I can do this a little bit more. But mm-hmm. some some of the stuff, it's like. You don't realize how much gameplay has progressed and how much faster games are just in terms of, like, getting through bullshit. I forget which game we were just talking about It uh, where I was, like, it's a lot of, like, JRPGs and, older, you know, it just, like, takes you forever to scroll through text as you're reading it and stuff. And then a yeah. lot of that's been, been updated ever since. Um, this might be a good time, speaking of JRPGs, for you guys to tell me all about the Final Fantasy VII remake demo that Aye, came out. Yes. Oh, that was a thing of. Well, it was it was pretty fun. It's okay. Did you play through a fifteen? I played through fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Then you shouldn't have any problem like adjusting to it. Yeah. I played through the OG fifteen before they fucking redid that game. I dude. mean, I, <laughs> it is it is a about an hour and a half of uh, hack and slash fun. It uh-huh. uh, it remakes. It's it's basically a remake of the original Final Fantasy VII demo, which is is very clever and great. It is one of the most surreal things I've ever seen in my life because I haven't it's played so weird. seven, but I've played mm. the demo a lot and watched it. The demo was mind blowing. Where we were like driving over to people's houses to see it. Wow, in a pre YouTube world, and mm. yeah, it's surreal. To, uh, this is totally unfamiliar, yet I recognize everything. Yeah. And it, it's basically just a, like here's that that train station that you're going through. Here's the Mako reactor. Um, they actually pronounce it Mako, so I should I should as well. And then you you fight that uh, scorpion tailed thing at the end. And in the original, you might remember like oh you have to wait for it to lift its tail and then you attack. And uh, this time around, it it like generates a barrier and it's a little complicated. And that like you have to say like all right, I need to target. So it, I, I should start at the beginning a little bit more in that it's a, a hack and slashy game with menus. So you can you can hit a button and freeze time and pull up a menu. And if you have filled your one of your two ATB gauges, active time battle gauges, by hacking and slashing, then you can use an item like healing yourself with a potion, or you can use a spell or a special ability attack and do a lot of damage. And uh, when you're fighting the last boss, you need to, you know, store up an ATB bar and then 
pause and like you can target the the shield generator or whatever it is with a with a spell or with a special attack and do a lot of damage and it's also cool that you can control not only cloud but barrett in battle so you can switch between characters like if if there's something like a turret up on a ledge that you want to hit you can switch to barrett and then you can shoot it and uh I'm I'm looking forward to like okay once we get all the characters in here what's this gonna yeah. be like I heard it's just like beautiful in terms of how it's it looks. it's crazy. really pretty it's yeah. so big the file it's like I think the demo alone is like eight gigs wow it's mm-hmm. insane uh, and speaking of Final Fantasy 15 like I would say that Final Fantasy 7 is I mean obviously we're not like super deep into it yet uh, a couple people that I know have played a little more of the game than this. But like, just based on just based on the, you know what I've heard, it seems like the battle system is just a little bit more transparent than the one in Final Fantasy Fifteen. Which it's fun. The Final Fantasy Fifteen battle system I thought was fun, but I thought that you know unless you really wanted to like get out um, like a like a chart and start like figuring out how to do it, there wasn't really any sort of like impetus to like. Yeah, it got spec your it guys got really out spammy. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like when, once you found your favorite attack, you tended to stick, and with you that. could survive. Whereas this, like, my <laughs> I kept having to finish fucking levels with Barrett because Cloud kept dying. Like, what am I doing wrong? I'm doing everything I did in 15, and well, as you, Norm McDonald, <laughs> uh, yeah, I kept dying like way more than I'm used to in a Final Fantasy game. Hmm. I didn't die at all. Okay, I guess look. I'm just really good at games, Chris. <laughs> okay. Oh, good for you! Good for you. Oh, thank you, evokes <laughs> Christian Bale on the set of Terminator Salvation for me. <laughs> sometimes we're we're all that lighting guy. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're Christian Bale. Uh, no, I'm I'm I feel bad that I haven't had a chance to play this yet, but uh, from what I've heard, and I I mean I liked 15. 15 had its problems, and it definitely had some plot holes, at least when I played it and stuff like that. But um, if you can take the cool shit from 15, which I really did like the combat system, and graft that back onto Final Fantasy VII. And the other thing I'm really excited about with Seven is, like, I mean, that was a huge game. Mm-hmm. They're splitting this that game into several games, which, if they are all kind of full-length games, like, yeah. man, that's a lot of I, Final Fantasy yeah. VII. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that's. Gonna I be. love that. I love that. That final fan. That is the squariest square move ever. Look, we're not going to take ten years to make a Final Fantasy game. We're just going to release a Final Fantasy game over the course of ten years. That, that's <laughs> right. What we shall if do. they ever do, mm-hmm. well, they will. But it's. It's. I mean, I'm hoping it's not like StarCraft Two, where it's like we're going to release the campaign, you know, in three different ways, and then it ended up kind of by the end of it, everyone's like, "Can you fucking just finish this game already, so I can buy the version that has all three campaigns?" Hmm. But um, you know what? What everything I've heard of the you know from folks who have played a bit more or whatever is like, yeah, this is going to be a really cool full featured game where they're able to spend more time on stuff and really do a deep dive into everything going on in that game and kind of I mean, rightfully so. Like Final Fantasy VII, regardless of, of which Final Fantasy you feel is the best, it's certainly the biggest Final Fantasy of all time. And so, like, yeah, this is this is the game. It's so weird, though. I've heard more and more people on shows like ours that are kind of younger uh, that say they just never played 7, and that feels so wow. weird to me. And so this is their first it's, it's time to experiencing see that, that it. pass by from, like, you know, oh, Final Fantasy 7 is pretty good, too. Final Fantasy 7 is the best. Final Fantasy 7, too. I've never played Final Fantasy 7. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's that window moving 
but but they, even people who haven't played it they all have heard of it and acknowledged mm-hmm. that it's like this this monumental game that they should play and so the fact that they're getting this version which will let them play it like in in kind of experience the best of that game but in an all new way is like yeah i'm i'm actually really excited for this it's kind of with the same eyes even you know like if you think back like to when that game came out man like what was it with like tomba was the yeah the the we were just talking about the demo was packed onto tomba one yeah i remember no tobol tobol number one tobol that's i was thinking of tobol yeah the the fighter right Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah and and uh man like just being like so blown away just like technically by the game the fact that like now it's here and instead of like that weird remake of it that they put out like with almost no fanfare a couple yeah. years ago yeah like this one it's like you get to be like wow look at that because like the streets i remember like just walking through and seeing like the cars it has this like weird like japanese like batman the animated series vibe going on mm-hmm. that like if you look at the art from back in the 90s like the key art and stuff it really has that vibe but in the actual game it's like you know kind of like farty version you know um <laughs> which was good enough for us in 96 or whatever 97 yeah. but yeah Mm. Now, now the fact that you get like the biggest and most beautiful game that is pre- pretty much going to like send off the PS4 before the PS5 comes out, like that's pretty yeah. amazing. I, I will say I kind of had hopes as like, oh, is this going to be one of those demos that like people go through over and over and f- keep finding like new secrets and like, oh, look at this cool thing that you can do. And it's it's not really that it's it's very linear. So if you're hoping for something like the Metal Gear Solid Two demo or even the Final Fantasy Fifteen demo, where there's like a lot of open stuff to discover, yeah, it's very point A to point B. Just have this experience. I heard there's a secret ending. Oh, really? To the demo? Yeah. Huh. A word? I mean, it might have been a clickbait article, but I just just literally read a headline that's like. Ooh. Uh, here's how you unlock the secret ending for the Final Fantasy VII demo. Well, damn, I stand corrected then. But I've also heard there's there's lots of little Easter eggs in there too, which it could mm. be one of those things that's worth a second playthrough just to mm-hmm. make sure you catch all of those. Well, so. one thing that I really liked was there's a point where um, two of the Resistance fighters that you meet up with early on are like having a, a sort of private conversation. And just what they're saying is like appearing on, in this little uh, thing to the left of the screen. Like, uh, you, you can just sort of monitor their conversation while you're doing other stuff. And you don't have to stop and listen to them. And it's so great. Their names are Wedge and Biggs. It's like a Star Wars reference. I mm. love that they put that in for this version. They've never done that, right? Oh, I think they do it in every game, man. Oh, God but, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this was uh, Biggs and... Um, the, Jesse. Jesse, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like, is, is he really okay? Yeah, no, he comes highly recommended. He's a friend of Tifa's. And like, yeah, you can just sort of monitor that in the corner of your eye, which is kind of cool. I'm just looking forward to finally playing the version of Final Fantasy VII that the cinematics sold me on. Yes. Versus the butt ugly actual <laughs> That's game. That's what this <laughs> is. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fulfilling like, a, uh, what, 23-year-old promise? Yes. Like, they, they sold us that game on the commercials, which were all the cinematics. And then, yeah, every, anyone, when they f- first started playing it, they're like, who are these chunky, blocky characters mm-hmm. that I'm moving around? They're, yeah. How can you shake hands when your hand is a square? <laughs> <laughs> when your yeah. hand is a square, Enix. 
I, I think oh. this game might even look better than the cinematics from uh, from that original. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely yes, absolutely. The cinematics from the original look like slightly up, slightly better versions of the gameplay graphics. Come on. Yeah, yeah they look yeah. like ass now. Yeah. <laughs> and now everyone will get to see what a little punk Cloud actually is. He's mm-hmm. not the hero you think he is. He's but he punk. kind of is. Yeah. yeah. He becomes he Also, becomes the story hero. is much more clear, by the way. Like, even just mm-hmm. in the little bit that you see... Like the like trope of Final Fantasy being incomprehensible is not present here. Mm. That's that's a welcome relief because yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah. I, I, even trying to go back and remember those games, the plots are so convoluted. I'm like, wait, that was in that game? Like people talk all the time about like all kinds of scenes, and I'm like, wait, I have no memory of that, and I know I played through all that game. Like I I beat the what is it, Genova and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I didn't even think to try it with the actual uh, old school battle system. I don't even know if that's available in the demo. I've heard they're kind of trying to downplay it a little bit. Huh. Oh, the, the pause, the tactical pause thing. I noticed that none of the people who did like brand dealy videos around the demo like used it. I wonder if that was like on purpose or not. I don't know. Hmm. Could be. Could be. Could have been on like a request list. I wonder if they're going to take it out. No, no, no. I mean, they they already went out there with the news that it was in there. I I doubt they'll take it out, but you're you're probably right that they could be downplaying it because they want mm-hmm. they want you. It's very Japanese developer like they want you to play the game the way they intend. So yeah. right. And then the last big release of the week. Let's talk a little bit more about Wonderling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 a pretty. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward little uh, title. Like I, I stand by it. Like I, I wouldn't have taken the job if I thought the game was crappy. It's got really beautiful pixel art. The music is really good, uh, and it's it's. Um, I don't know. I, it's the first game I've ever worked on, and it's been really fun. And it's kind of neat to work on a game that's so small uh, scale. But I'm I'm really excited for people to actually play it. I I, I got a code when I met the team at PAX. And I've been and I've been like actually playing through it, and it is it is a challenge. Like, it's a great game because it doesn't have lives mm. the way that that some some hardcore platformers do, where it like just really beats you over the head. Uh, but there's a lot of levels. It's kind of like a collectathon. So like, you can beat all the levels pretty quick, but to get the true ending and like, you know get your money's worth out of the game and find all the like super hard secret levels with all the extra added mechanics. Uh, there's there's quite a bit to do, and it's one of those games where you know you start to you get tricked into picking it up because it's it's simple to play at first. You you know you grab the you know like we say you get the one Joy-Con vibe, but then all of a sudden you get an ability to boost, and then all of a sudden you can fly, and then all of a sudden you know there's a bunch of different abilities that you can get, uh, and it tells a story, and it's I don't know I'm, I was trying to I, I tried to do a good job. I tried to do more than just like you know. Obviously, the game is just about vegetables, uh, but <laughs> obviously, but I, I tried to do it. I mean, once you see it, you'll be like, "Oh, I see." Uh, but uh, I, I, you know, I tried to do it justice. I tried to do it something interesting with the plot, and you know, I don't know. Hopefully, it's successful. Hopefully, it's it's a great success, and everybody buys it. Nice. I, I hope so. Yeah. Very cool. And so again, that really is available cool. on the Nintendo Switch and Steam. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Stem. Well, that's it for new releases, Mike. All right. Well, let's move along to that segment that is known as (laughs) 
Get through hearing something 357 times and wondering, like, why is that like that? Why did I make that? <laughs> I mean, if you, if you consider... 404 time, times. Yeah, you, time. you, you've been listening to that thing a lot more. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boy. Uh, anyway, what's, what's news, Matt? So, Michael, who wasn't here last week, you will mm-hmm. recall last week we were talking all about all of the game companies pulling out of GDC. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering, wow, is GDC still going to happen? Um... So, actually, by the time the show was released last week, uh, GDC themselves had come out and announced they had to postpone the show. They're That's staying crazy. postponed, not cancel, mm-hmm. uh, due to coronavirus fears. They're um, pushing this, it to summer. They're saying summer. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, though, saying that um, there will still be... So, anyone who is going to give a talk, they want them to kind of record videos, and they will still have the GDC vault, which is kind of like... It's like this private YouTube-type channel that you can get access to if you're an attendee of GDC where you can re-watch all of the talks. Um, so for anyone who does want to do their talk still, they'll let them do that. Um, and yeah, they are saying postpone, not canceled. Uh, right now they are saying they're trying for late uh, summer of this year. But of course, you know, no guarantees as, as things kind of pan out and shape up and, and develop. Um one thing I did want to call out, though, there is a fund uh, for... So, so the cancellation of GDC last week, we were talking about, like, well, what is GDC and, and what does this actually mean for companies? And I think the people who probably get affected by this the most are kind of small developers because GDC is their chance to go to a show and, and pitch publishers to pick up their game or... Um, you know, to show it off to press. And so a lot of those folks are kind of left in the lurch and holding the bag even for any travel they booked. You know, like some hotels won't return your money when you book mm-hmm. your travel or airfare. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, at least GDC themselves, they, they, they refunded everyone's kind of ticket costs. But there's a fund uh, that's been set up by Wings Interactive. Uh, it's a relief fund for indie developers. Um, that were affected by the cancellation. And so uh, if you are interested in supporting those developers and contributing, um, I'll just go ahead and give them a free plug. It's wingsfund.me forward slash GDC relief is where you can go and help donate uh, and maybe try to make some of those small indie devs whole again um, who were not able to kind of get all their money back from this cancellation. Uh, GDC is not the only show that's been canceled. A lot of kind of gaming-related events were also recently announced. So Unreal Fest Europe has been canceled. Epic decided not to hold that. Uh, Games First 2020, Facebook's F8 conference, Google just announced their I.O. event. And um, earlier this year, the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona was already canceled. Currently, ESA is still saying that E3 is going to happen in June. But I I don't know. I think that's something Mm. to keep an eye on. There was a state of emergency that was just declared in L.A. like in the last couple hours, too. Oh, Jesus. So, I, so keep keep an eye out. Okay. That's scary. Well, I mean, all state of emergency does is it, it enables local governments to kind of get funding, and, mm. and uh, it's not it's not like the video game state of emergency. So. It isn't? How disappointing. No. Nothing, <laughs> nothing like it. <laughs> but I want to beat up random crowds of people. I still have to think, though. In a year where ESA is talking about like how E3 is all about hands-on activations and experiences, do you really want to get that hands-on when uh, this year? Maybe, uh, yeah. I don't Everybody know. carry hand sanitizer. Use it before and after touching a controller. Wash I mean, your damn hands. Yes. yes. Why not? This is this is my chance uh, to also say yes. Please 
at this time, follow some basic hygiene things. Uh, here's a hot tip. When you're washing your hands, sing happy birthday to yourself twice. That mm-hmm. is the length you should properly wash your hands. Don't neglect your fingers. Everyone always washes their palms and maybe the back of their hands. Fingers are the important part to wash. Use soap, motherfuckers, is the other thing. And if you do have to sneeze or cough, go ahead and do it in the crook of your elbow. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you're putting a wing or like pretend you're Dracula covering your face there. Um, and then, yeah, go ahead and wash that shirt afterwards. Because, wash uh, until it bleeds. Yes, please, please try to help prevent the spread of this yeah. thing. But, uh, but yeah, so GDC postponed for now. Stay tuned for E3. We shall see. Um, I'd rather not talk anymore about coronavirus. So let's move on. Well, actually, let me let me plug one thing because please, uh, please. yeah, it's just a cool, just a cool little thing. Doctor Doak, David Doak, he's mm-hmm. like a developer from Rare. He's a really cool guy. Oh, yeah, I saw worked this. on GoldenEye, Perfect Dark. Time Splitters, Second Sight. He is on Twitter at Dr. Doke, and he was, like, pretty sad about the GDC thing, and he was just literally, like, my DMs are open. If you're, like, somebody who just wanted to go to GDC to, like, learn and be educated, if you contact him, he says he's pretty willing to, like, like talk to you and, and set something up where he can figure something out. So he was, he was tweeting that out all the other day. Nice. So I just wanted to shout him out here because I think that could be cool for people. Yeah, I mean, this at times like this, like the the game development community is actually pretty small, and it is great to see them kind of supporting each other. and And GDC, it's it's just such a bummer because it is the biggest developer focused and centric event every year. It's it's kind of the only one that that I've ever attended that's really just more. It's all about game development. It's yeah. not about any of the other stuff. No. You know? So yeah, um, good old games or GOG. I don't even know if the did they officially change to GOG, or is it still short for good old games? It's like a KFC situation? Yeah. I think it might be. Just call it um, GOG. It's fine. It, GOG has a new refund policy. Mm. Um, unfortunately, they didn't tell developers about it, or at least some developers about it. Um, and the problem is, it's an extremely generous refund policy. So under the new policy, you have 30 days uh, after purchase to uh, return yeah. a game, no strings attached, even if you've played it. Here's the problem with that. Um, a, 30 days is a lot longer than most people need to play a game to see if they is, like it. is more than enough to finish most games, I think. I, it was it was less than half that it, GameStop's old policy of like full trade-in value yeah. was two weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the other big problem here is that GOG games are DRM-free. So even after you return it, you effectively have that game because you have you've you've downloaded it to your computer. There's there's no DRM that's going to lock you out of that game. Oh huh. yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, so that that's kind of um, I feel old. I respect them trying to be consumer friendly and have like a consumer friendly policy, but sometimes it's like wait a minute, uh, you you do st- still need to sell games and and these developers need to make money on the games that they've made. So uh, yeah, this. This seems like a policy. I don't know if it's going to last or if just like kind of the industry is going to say, wait a minute, guys, time out. What are we doing here? You know, Mm. I mean, it could even affect I could see this affecting the kind of games that are offered via GOG, right? Because they can't just sell games without kind of making a deal with folks. And so, yeah, I'm wondering how this is going to play out, if they're going to change it, if there's going to be certain games that are allowed to opt out of that policy, especially older games from big publishers. Like, I can't see them being psyched about that. Yeah, I, I wonder if maybe they're thinking, well, because they're older games, big publishers won't care as much because they kind of figure, well, you've made most of your money on this game anyway. It's possible. Hmm. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's weird. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't really understand what the I, I mean I'm sure there there must be something that made them think this was a good idea, but I'm not seeing what it what it is. Well, I think we have to remember. So these uh, Gog is is owned by it's the same folks as CD Projekt Red, and CD right. Projekt Red I will give them a ton of credit. They do a lot of like consumer first stuff. Like if you remember Witcher Three, they had that whole thing of like. This is all this free DLC we're promising you. You won't have to pay for it. And any DLC we do charge you for, it's going to be big, expansive story experiences. And and, and you're going to get your money's worth. And, and so they, I think they've even said similar things with uh, Cyberpunk. They're like, hey, there's no microtransactions. It's all, you know. Um, and then they just, last week we talked about, they announced that policy where they're opting into Microsoft Smart Delivery. So if you buy it on Xbox One, you're going to get the, series x version so they do a lot of things that are really like consumer forward which i I, it's great and i totally encourage that but in this case it's like hey did you did you engage with publishers and developers before setting this policy like you know because i i gotta believe like most publishers would have been like uh you want to do what now like no no i only brought up gamestop's return policy because i took so much advantage of that finished every game in two weeks brought it back got a new one for nothing that when they shut it down, I was like, that seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. I had my run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. abusing that. There were, there were a few games where I totally acknowledged, like, yeah, I, I abused that policy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so, and a little bit of sad news here. The, uh, the creator of the Konami Code, so Kazuhisa Hashimoto, uh, died, has died at the age of 61. Um, nice. Oh, wait. Sorry. I'm going to pour out this white cloth for him oh. into my lap. <laughs> Please pour out higher quality alcohol for this man, this saint. Uh, as a reminder, that kind of the way he invented this code or the reason he, he was working for Konami in the 80s and he was um, creating the NES version of Gradius, Gradius, however mm-hmm. you want to say it. And because it was so hard, he knew he couldn't beat it himself. He put in this code to help him test it and get through the game. And so, of course, the code, say it with me now. Up, 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 down, 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 down left, left, right, left, right, B-A, start. Select start, because I play with two people. Ooh, you mm-hmm. have well, a friend. Mm-hmm. I was How wondering nice if you guys you. would throw start in there, because I don't know that start is officially part of the code mm. or not. But it's uh, mm. and boy, that's going to be a nightmare to edit all of us remotely trying to sync that uh, up. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Just use it as a segment introduction. It'll be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and and actually he did admit the reason the game the code is like that is because he was working on it he wanted it to be easy to remember and so it was you know it's pretty easy up up yeah. down down left right left right up up down down this is how we like to frown mm-hmm. the clown <laughs> it's like bad wolf from doctor who uh-huh. it's just imprinted yeah. across time and space on like an entire generation of people yeah yeah so, uh, age 61, pretty young, um, but yeah, RIP really to young. definitely, you know, one of the kind of the bigger names in, in our industry for, for such a kind of a, it's just like a, a cool thing to say, yeah, I was the inventor of the Konami code. Um, last bit of news, so Riot showed off a little bit more of that tactical shooter they had announced earlier this year, and they gave it a name now, it's it's Valorant is the game, and mm. when they first announced this, a lot of people were like, oh, this is your Overwatch and now, having seen a bit more of the game, it looks to be more like their answer to Counter Strike Go. But yeah, also, it's pretty hard as nails looking. Yeah, yeah, but it does still have like Overwatch and Rainbow Six Siege hero power elements to it. You know, it's not like the cartoony Overwatch thing. So, mm. 
And, and it kind of makes sense, you know, if you think of uh, League of Legends and all the different heroes they have and all their powers, it's like that's kind of what they're good at is, is creating the, these hero characters. And so they're just mapping that onto a shooter. And of course, to me, it makes sense that it would be very CSGO-like because CSGO mm. is a huge eSport. So comparing it to Counter-Strike and Rainbow Six, is this like a one-shot-and-you're-dead kind of game? Uh, it looks like the time to kill is very, very short. I don't know about one-shot, but it but it does have a quick time it to kill. It seems pretty, yeah, it seems pretty like Call of Duty-esque in that way. And most of the powers aren't, it's not like Overwatch where the powers are sort of your main attacks a lot of the time. Um, these powers are more like area control or defense oriented because really, you know, the killing is, is about on the primary weapons there. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, yeah, so so looking forward to seeing more of that game as it shapes up. But uh, that is all the news that is fit to play. All right. Well, let's move on to our community segment, which as always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, uh, what is an anime you'd love to see turned into a video game? Uh, I wasn't here last week, so I'm going to say Dirty Pair. Easy answer. I was hugely into that series in the 90s, and I was enormously excited to find out that there was a Famicom Disk System version, which I now own, and which is terrible. It's a fucking (laughs) terrible game. Nobody should play it. Um, But, uh, Alex, you also weren't here last week. Uh, Is there an anime you'd like to see turned into a game? anime i'd love to see turn into a game that isn't already a game well mm-hmm. okay so if even if your choice is already a game if it's a terrible game maybe maybe tell us like how you would make it a good game how's that give me a lupon the third mm. game that is like the heists from gta yeah yeah okay give me that mm-hmm. and so it's yeah. like lighter so it's like the overwatch of gta like you know mm-hmm. give me like yeah, a little cutie sure. cutie boy version weirdly okay. cute 3d animated character I would also s- settle for a Lupin game that uh, has, like, Sly Cooper aesthetics. Oh, my God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But Dirty Pair is about, like, what, two 19-year-old uh, space cops in bikinis who uh, shoot people and end up uh, racking up ridiculous death tolls in every case that they pursue, but they're always cleared of responsibility. So, I, I don't know, that seems like a pretty easy shooter. Sounds like a video game. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. sounds like a lot of Famicom games, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, on Twitter, at Putsoi says, Batum should be vigigamed. Uh, Battle Royale with only bombs would bring back the excitement of Goldeneye with mines. I'm not familiar with this Batum. Is, it, is anyone? I've never heard of this. <laughs> no idea, but I love Goldeneye with mines. Mm. Yeah. All right. So I'm assuming some kind of bomb-based anime the only anime i watch is avatar the last airbender so i don't know what any of these people are but only the live action version Mm -hmm. m night Shyamalan forever at triskitable says konusuba is a series about a pathetic neat protagonist like ataru from urusai yatsura who finds himself in another world with three women who are as useless as he is lecherous while the world operates on RPG rules, a more character-driven game could be wonderful. Uh, I'm just going to point out that Ataru is a high school student, whereas a neat is a not-in-education uh, something or training. I regret this I regret this question so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
I mean, if you want to go toe to toe with Triskitable on on these kind of facts, not that not is, in employment, education, or training. That's what that stands for. It's basically just a a shut in. I thought he just misspelled neat. Mm. Like leet speak, neat mm-hmm. speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He I just hate really, myself. Really swell yeah. protagonist. He's neat. <laughs> <sighs> uh, Pit Pitimboo Pit Pitimbow says uh, a bit of an odd one. The Canadian Japanese wonderful Wizard of Oz. It's a mid '80s anime that is a really cool interpretation of the Oz books, and there's never been a well done uh, adaptation in video games of that property, especially the lesser known books. That's true, and my mother would salute you. Mm. At would, that'd be a cool JRPG. Yeah. yeah. I sort of blame Return to Oz for ruining that franchise in most pop culture. There really. is a Wizard of Oz JRPG for 3DS that isn't bad. Really? Yo. Yes, but it's mm. not Eyeball based on the same right image. Huh. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called. I have nothing to add to that, <laughs> but I have it somewhere it's in a box. It's called Zardoz with Sean but, Connery. <laughs> yes. It's called Fist of the North Star. Right. It's really weird looking. <laughs> uh, the Wizard of Oz Beyond the Yellow Brick Road? Hmm. That's it. There it is. Yes. All right. At the Konami Man says, there are two anime I'd like to games of, to see games of. First is Bio Booster Armor Giver. Would love to see Platinum make a game of that just so I can get some sweet badass Zoonoid fighting action. And there's no second. I'm assuming he replied to himself. <laughs> I, thought, I thought there was going to be more. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to see Guyver just because I discovered that series through the live-action American film because I was like, there's a live-action American film of an anime. This is amazing. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's what crazy. You, what have you done? Hmm. At this point in my life, I would like to see every anime that I like to watch made into a game by Platinum. Yep. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. pretty much make all the make, make all the animes, please. Ooh. Oh, you know what? You know what else would be a cool game? Hmm. I would love to see uh, Penny stocking garter belt as a as a rhythm game with like a story. Huh. That'd be fun. What What is the uh, story of Penny and stocking exactly? <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. It's just really like just kind of no. Like your typical gross. rags to riches story. King yeah. Lear, mostly. Mm-hmm. The power of friendship? I, I don't sure. Know. Oh, I have a second part of his answer. Oh, okay, what is it? The other anime is Kakegurui. It would make for that's a That's not great... a thing. Is the, is the question mark in the title of the anime? No, no, that's just in my brain. Um, <laughs> just Ron it's spelled Bergen, K-A-K-E-G-U-R-U-I. It would make for a great gambling minigames collection, and to see the insane face rendered in 3D would be... He said would be a great, and I'm going to keep that in it there because be I just like that. It would be a great, yes. It would be a great. Yeah. Uh, you know what else would be a great? Uh, Carrie Chandler says, Cowboy Bebop. Not only is it my very favorite <laughs> anime series, but I think the art, the characters, the music, and the setting would translate very well to a game. I imagine something like Police Knots meets No More Heroes. Has that not had a good I'm sh- game? I'm sure there have been good Cowboy Bebop games. Or I at mean, least like, Cowboy Bebop games. Period. You can't release a DVD for the 1500th time and not have a video game based off of mm-hmm. that series. What the fuck? You, you can't have a theme song named Tank with an exclamation point and not have a video game made out of it. That's, that's the name of a game, even. Yes. Uh, tank, Tank, Tank. No, uh, what's, the, what's the name of that game? Did you guys ever play it? It's called like Desert Child or something like that. It came out like a year yeah, or two yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was a very Cowboy Bebop-y game. You think? 
it just had the vibe. It had hmm. like ima- if I imagine like what people's lives are like who aren't like the Bebop crew, like in mm-hmm. that world, it just had that flavor to me. Plus, the trailer looked exactly like Cowboy Bebop. Kind of a mundane spacer vibe. Yeah, just sort hmm. of chill, kind of stonery, laid back. Can confirm there are multiple Cowboy Bebop video games listed here. Uh, cannot speak for the quality of any of them. good. I th- I'm pretty sure they're all dog shit. <laughs> Probably. There's one that's Japan only, so we There's wouldn't one that's Only one that's Japan only? I'm sure most oh, of them are Japan only. Yeah. There's Pearl not one Harbor that was to. Japan only. One that's China only called Cowbop B-Boy. <laughs> Sorry, it took me <laughs> that's a bootleg joke. I don't know. Cat <laughs> uh, Orr says Yuri and Ice. Um, mm. Shout out to my friend Yuri. I love how his name is used in Japan. Uh, I know, I know, but hear me out. Uh, anything pro- plot related gets dealt with in a visual novel, Phoenix Wright style, and the figure skating mechanic gets incorporated like an elite beat agent's Owen Don rhythm game. Mm-hmm. Um, when, while I know this would cater to a niche of exclusively me, I, I wish there were some more offbeat rhythm games and something might as well dethrone a Michelle Kwan figure skating. I wish I was kidding and also wish I hadn't looked this up uh, for so many reasons. Let's get it on like Michelle Kwan! For real. Toe pick, motherfuckers. <laughs> boo! <laughs> Both of you, Boo! You, you love cutting-edge references. Yeah, I was just going to say, you gave a cutting-edge reference on this show. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, all old. of my high school girlfriends, thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Harbour says, the world needs a new... God damn you guys for making me read these. Uh, Kinikuman. Kinikuman Ultimate Muscle Game. To this day, I still popped the PS2 version in just to experience all that sweet, sweet Aki wrestling goodness. I basically want an HD version of the same game with a huge roster and an overhauled story mode designed to cover the multiple generations the manga and anime have spanned. But most of all, I just want an easier way to play an absolutely perfect wrestling game with some of the most bombastic moves you'll ever see. Mm. It's the bombastic. Yeah, I always thought that game looked fun. Yeah, just like nice and nice and friendly looking characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with with their big round mouths and their mohawks, yeah. their ball shaped heads. <laughs> they look like they should be like a rubber toy that like gets dirty when you like play with it. They for were. Time. They, were. <laughs> they got filthy, and then they replaced them go. with like hard plastic ones for some reason because yeah, they hate chew them. fun. That's yeah. why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, did, did we do Kirk Honaker? Go yeah, for it. Go. He said, I'd love to see Sailor Moon turned into a video game. That Ooh. show was way ahead of its time. It uh, had a lesbian couple, a trans woman, and many male characters who are queer-coded, but not for jokes. Uh, I see people wearing shirts all the time. You can even uh, buy them at Target. So it's definitely still popular. It would be all about finding the other Sailor Guardians and progressing through the different villains of the series. Uh, with the outlandish design of the villains, it could be a fun game. There are so many Sailor Moon games, and so many of them are terrible. Just Isn't there a new show? Uh, is there like a more recent one? Maybe I don't know. Last couple years, I know I have some uh, some some of my own drawings with us in the cast, but <laughs> nothing that's been greenlit. <laughs> Who do I play, Chris? Who do I? Play? Uh, you play Sailor Dumpster. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sailor Dumpster Fire, please. I'm on fire, baby. Yeah. Uh, and on VidigameApocalypse.com, which we're putting last on here for some reason, uh, Rikus says, Vinland Saga as a Skyrim-like would be amazing. 
If you want to know why it's last, it's because we don't get answers there anymore. What happened, yeah. people? And also, I don't know what Vinland Saga is. Yeah, the website goes down for two months. God, you people are finicky. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have a video response from Redrock963. Thank you. Who says... Hey VGA, it is Red Rock 963, and this gray blob here is Murray. Aww, and I'm uh, answering cute. the question of the week, showing off a little bit of my anime wall because I've got Inuyasha right here and mm-hmm. One Piece stuff right here. But unfortunately, those two, well, I say unfortunately, they've had games made of them, but a lot of them aren't very good. And they're two of my favorite animes, but I've got my other favorite anime here Trigon. Um, I would imagine that a Trigun game would be kind of like Oddworld Stranger's Wrath, where Vash would run around and catch people and collect bounties and stuff, and he would use um, non-lethal means, because of course the whole crux of the anime is that he doesn't believe in killing. And I I read that there was going to be a Trigun game on the PS2 at one point, but it ended up becoming Vaporware. But um, if you guys haven't watched Trigun yet, it's a really good anime um, anime western and it's funny and it's tragic and this was my original copy from 2000s back when these single volume dvds cost 30 bucks each yeah anime fans today are spoiled anyway have a good week and i'll talk to you guys later uh i think you're wrong the the trigon game would be about love and a peace uh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's a reference that's a little reference to Trigun. Uh-huh, yeah. No, no kidding about those DVD box. I have that same Trigun DVD. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. It, it, the The screen seems to be flipped in her video. It says Nougat for me, but uh... <laughs> God, I want a that's candy the, bar. That's from the makers of Cowbop B Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Nougat, your favorite series <laughs> about shave the stampede. I only uh, eat Greek nougat uh, because it's a low fat <laughs> option. Mm. It's great on the go. Mm. So new question of the week. Uh, if you were to pick a presidential ticket, president and vice president from all of video games for the president and vice president of video games, who would it be? I think, uh, Matt, you said that these should be from different series. Yes. I, I would I would try to encourage you to think of people from different series if possible. I can't think of people from different series. They're all from the same series. What should I do? What should I do then? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just all Grand Theft Auto characters all the time. So uh, I'm going to pick Samus from Metroid for president and uh, Link for VP, just because I feel like uh, Link's uh, more vast experience could be an asset to the uh, the the new direction that Samus will take us in. Um, But I don't know. Someone else go. I pick uh, Mayor Mike Hager for nice, president. I would, nice. vote, I would actually vote for him if it was the real election. Yeah. And uh, for his VP, let's let's mix it up. Let's give him that weird cheetah from Spyro. Okay. You know, just a good, just a good guy to have in the back in any situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was he from I, in Spyro two or was he in the first game? I, I, I think he's from Spyro two or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just looks freaking really weird when he has that many <laughs> polygons for a face. Mm-hmm. I, man, I'm trying to remember. I just picked up a DVD at a at a, at a fucking garage sale, and the the, spe- the only special features listed on the back were in-game content for Spyro 2. <laughs> this is an unrelated movie. <laughs> like, what? Did, what Maybe did it's I the cheetah up? becoming the running mate of Mike Hager. 
<laughs> yeah. And I, I, I obviously uh, have to pick Congressman Stubbs from GTA because I, I, I really appreciate seeing that much of a, a politician. Yeah, first first uh, Dick rendered in a AAA game. That's And that's what it would be called if he was the president. Right. And his VP would be Michael Wilson. Because he can do that. <laughs> he can't run again. Yeah. That's true. That's true. He's, he's served out his eight years. Mm-hmm. And the cycle will hopefully repeat. Let's see. If, if I want to give my idealist answer, I would say something like, oh, I want like Mario and Sonic because we need to cross the aisle and unify in these, in these troubled times. But if I'm, if I'm being realistic, the people who have the highest chance of winning the ticket, it would be more like M. Bison at the top of that ticket as kind of your dictatorial like fascist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then his, his vice president would be like fucking Fred Durst from Fight Club from yes. 2004. Sure. Um, you know, I've heard well, Trump. Why, might, go, might... why not go with Fred Durst instead of Abraham Lincoln? It makes sense. <laughs> Well, you know, you, you kind of need that vice president. He's he's more just like M. Bison's hype man at that point. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but or or you could go with M. Bison and Gandhi from Civilization, the most violent ruler of them all. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, but the vice president needs to be ineffectual, you know. Whereas Gandhi in Civilization, he gets shit done. That's he true. really does. That's true. Yeah, mostly with nuclear bombs. Whereas Fred Durst in Fight Club, he's just harmless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he might actually start streaming Call of Duty, so that would be like a crossover <laughs> between Fight Club and Call of Duty. Hell yeah! Ayo, hey, ayo, hey, press X to Jill! Jill! Uh, so, who would your winning ticket be? Who would you nominate for president and vice president of, let's say, video games? Why not? Uh, <laughs> let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com and answer into the comments for episode 357. Those are still open, people. Uh, alternately, you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook and answer there. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go up with some plugs. Uh, Alex, one more time. Uh, tell us more about what you do and where people can find you. Yes, find me on YouTube at Super Beard Bros. Find me on YouTube at Scary Game Squad. Go listen to the Chiluminati podcast. Go listen to the Nonprofits podcast. And if every single person listening to this buys one copy of Wonderling, I will get to retire early. So please, nice. please buy as many as many copies of this incredible, maybe the best game ever made. Go ahead and go ahead and pick up your copy today. And is that Wonderling spelled with an O or a U? It's Wonderling, like Wonderbaum. Ah, Wonderling. Yes. Nice. All right. Cool. And we could use your, uh, we could use as many of you to support us at patreon.com slash laser time so I can pay my taxes. Mm. <laughs> and we have a bunch of new fun stuff this week, um, including, I don't know why, but potentially a look at uh, traumatizing childhood films and people making fun of James Lipton. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Oh man, that's but like it was it was him and I remember Dave and I talked about a uh, that McLaughlin group guy. Like when you, I don't know anything about the real guy. I only saw people making fun of him, Wrong! And him making fun of himself. Wrong. Yes, that guy. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know the real man, like even slightly, and to, and to learn about his pimping past was silly. And in a follow up to last week's show about traumatizing childhood films, man, I watched Cat's Eye. It was wonderful. Oh, that's the oh, best. Oh, man. Yeah. You guys were talking about that troll sequence, and I was just like, mm. yeah, dude, we watched it like right afterwards, and I was like, just, I was like on my feet. It was 
That movie's great. But you guys didn't talk about, like, the ending of that was the best part of what happens to the little troll guy. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to spoil it for folks here. Don't spoil it. It's, it's only been 30 years. Uh, and, and, and then we also have a, a 30 2010 look at the video games. And I don't want to uh, uh, get ahead of myself, but a brand new Patreon incentive that involves Star Wars will be coming very soon. Mm. So I want you guys to stay tuned for that. Uh, maybe consider throwing uh, uh, five bucks or so at the Patreon. Uh, you'll get over 100 movie commentaries and a bunch of weekly bonus podcasts. We're trying to make give you the most bang for your buck, and we do appreciate everyone who's been hanging with us for all this time. It's it's wonderful. Thank you guys so much. Like you, Horny Dan. <laughs> and Good old and uh, horny thanks Dan. for listening to Laser Time and um, uh, and, and Thirty Twenty Ten this week. It, it'll be much much fun. I don't have to pretend to know anything about Hunt for Red October this week, and it's just wall to wall fun. Wonderful. Uh, and yes, you know, of course, we would love it if, if you could head over to patreon.com slash laser time and give us some support. But if you can't, we understand. But what we would ask then is that you tell a friend about the show, which costs you nothing, but really does help us kind of grow our listener base. And uh, yeah, then head on over again. This is free and write a review of the show on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to us because, again, that costs you nothing but really does help us. And so we would appreciate all of your help and support growing our listeners so that more people can share in the joy and the ridiculousness of Game Apocalypse. Thank you, Matt. And uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Ricky Parez if you want to see... Maybe one to two jokes per week uh, <laughs> tweeted out uh, to to an audience of nobody. Um, anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Become a thirty-dollar level patron. If you donate ten thousand dollars, it'll become Chris's virus, and that's how. We'll, and that's what we'll call it. It'll be our virus. We can name whatever we want. <laughs> we can name it the Pickle Rick virus if we. Oh boy! And we if must. We must. <laughs>